You're listening to episode three of How Are We Not Invited? Today, Mary-Kate and I go deep, talking about our careers and how we put ourselves out there and became vulnerable to follow our dreams. Then, we talk to the inspirational Charlene Light, a fearless life coach, yoga teacher, and musician. We know it's hot enough to stay inside in the air conditioning, but seriously, how are we not invited? Rolling out now for an epic night, dressed to the nines, all stars in sight, but to their fright, they can't get inside, now on the guest list, well, check it twice, can't get in, revs anger ignited, MK's heart stop, can't revive it, bouncer saying, hey, let's not get excited, day yell back, how are we not invited? How are we not, how are we not invited? guys welcome to episode three of how are we not invited we're so excited to have you can you believe we're already on episode three mary kate it's wild we're moving and grooving baby moving grooving nick (laughs) laughed at me when i said we were recording today and he was like already and i was like yeah what do you think we're doing we are go-getters that's what we do we're just keeping it moving (laughs) absolutely so rebecca how was your week everything's all good here in Los Angeles. It's funny, I was um, at the dog park yesterday. So for those of you who don't know, I have a dog. Her so name cute. is her name is Georgie. She's a rescue. We've had her for a couple years. She's my life. She's my dog child. She's my <laughs> daughter. She's everything to me. I am the typical city dog mom. I treat her like a child. I don't even I care. But to that point, very quickly, I was at the dog park, um, which I take her to the same dog park every week, every day. Um, and it's usually fine. But yesterday I'm there and these two women got into a screaming match over their dogs because one yeah. of the dogs was being a little aggressive. And the other woman came over and she's like, can you get your effing dog like you're not watching your dog you're just sitting there not paying attention and the other woman's (laughs) like excuse me i am not a helicopter parent and i'm like (laughs) she's like you might be a helicopter parent but i am not a helicopter parent i don't watch my dog the same way you do and she's fine i've been taking her here for years they're going on and on and on i had never seen anything like that at the dog park i was internally laughing hysterically and neither of them left. It's like they both like decided to stay. And I feel like I left before both of them. I'm like, I feel like they were just trying to like, like see who was going to leave first. Like they were being I... so stubborn, <laughs> but I'm hearing like that, like Western tumbleweed music in the back of my head. Like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> They're yeah. like staring at each other. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So uh, wild times here in LA, wild times at the dog park, but all is well. How about yourself? Um, my week has been good. Really busy with internship stuff. And um, my like big focus this week was that I met with a career counselor at school to try to get my resume sorted because oh, I'm great. trying to apply to fall internships mm-hmm. with networks and studios and stuff like that. Um, and trying to like fit all the experience that I've had, um, like strategy experience work that I've been doing, um, with this independent production company that I was working with this summer, Mm -hmm. um, trying to fit that into my resume because my resume like very practically is, is laid out differently, um, than normal resumes because all of my productions are listed individually and it takes up a lot of space. Oh, I'm sure you've worked on so many movies when you were doing that full-time in accounting yeah so trying to like fit that into corporate experience and corporate like layouts of a resume NYU has a very specific resume layout that they want so I had to do that and then was sort of sifting through yeah it was like a pain in the butt and then Mm -hmm. sifting through um like job descriptions for roles that I would like to have in the future and trying to like turn those bullet points of the job description into bullet points on my resume of stuff that I've already done because a lot of what I talked about with the career coach was that they you know companies really want to hire experience right now and they don't want to take any risks on people right they want someone who's already done the job and can certainly do it and so 
that's kind of challenging because I am trying to do something different with my work. And so making my work as a production accountant, which is, you know, super financially heavy and like you get a lot of, um, like I understand operations and really reading and understanding numbers and how the processes all work in production. But how does that translate into like content strategy, which is a very scary phrase for me to be saying right now to you because content strategy, like not to you, Rebecca, cause you already knew that, but like <laughs> to put it out there that I want to do content strategy and have like everybody listening yes. <laughs> um, is like it's scary. It's scary to tell people what you want. Especially when it's such a big change from what you did. I mean, yeah. you know, because your identity for 10 years or maybe less, sorry, I, I've done it. I think I did it longer than you. But um, mm-hmm. your, your identity was you were a film accountant. Mm-hmm. That, that was your job. That was your career. And then in your late 20s, you made this, you know, you decided to follow your true passion and and yeah. and go back to school. And yeah, it probably feels... Yeah like you said, scary to, to, to change your identity in a way and to, to finally listen to yourself and to to make the switch. It's very vulnerable to like share that with people. How did you, when you, so you went from working in the office as a production secretary, you could have very easily gone Mm -hmm. on to be an APOC, an assistant production coordinator. What, and you knew you didn't want to. So like, how did you jump from right. doing that to being an assistant, like a producer's assistant, actor's assistant, how did that work for you? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked though, because it's a good point to make to, to everybody listening. Cause I have a lot of people come to me and, and ask that same question and say like, what do I do? Because I want to switch departments within a film. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many departments and sometimes when you're starting out as a production assistant, you're like, I have, I have to figure out what I want to do. And you might change your mind a few times, but anyway, so yeah, I was working in the production office, but I just, I just always feel like I want to be more in the action. That's just kind of my personality is I love being in the action and part of watching everything happen on set and being a part of that versus, you know, the behind the scenes office work. So I had always known that about myself. And every time I had gone to set, um, to do any deliveries that we had to do, um, I had always loved being on set and never wanted to leave. So um, <laughs> basically what I did was I kind of just like took it head on and just started telling everyone that I knew, which in turn felt like I was telling the universe like, hey, I want to be an assistant. Like if you hear of any jobs, please keep me in mind. And I just kind of, I, I would just even tell people that, you know, couldn't get help me just like, oh, by the way, I'm looking to leave the office and go on set. I'd I'd like to be a producer assistant. You know, I'd like to be an actor assistant. And I must have done that for over a year because I had a couple interviews that, you know, I didn't get the job. And I didn't let it bring me down. I just kept pushing and I kept, I took, I think, one or two more production secretary jobs in the Mm -hmm. office while I was still hoping to be an assistant. And then... um, it's funny because the first producer assistant job I got um, was like a, I, I got it through a friend who remembered. It was like a friend I had told like a year prior, like, I want to be an assistant. And she remembered. And she had heard of this opportunity um, for a producer that was coming from LA and needed a local assistant in Boston. It was on The Finest Hours. Everyone now knows what that movie is. Um, Your favorite movie. Yeah. And yeah, so she just, she reached out to me. She's like, hey, I have a friend that, you know, is looking for an assistant for this producer. Do you still want to be an assistant? And it finally all came together. I got that job and the rest is history. But I think it's important to uh, listen to yourself. And Mm -hmm. I tell everyone all the time, just, tell everyone because you just never know who you're going to run into and who you're going to tell um that will remember and then you know help you get like achieve your goal i should say yeah that i think that that like sharing it putting it out there really like makes it a real thing like it's so easy to get caught up in your head of like i really would like to do this but i don't know and 
this is safe and I'm good here. And like, maybe if it's meant to be like, somebody will just give me the thing I want. But like, if you're not saying the thing you want, you're not going to get yeah. it. And the more but, you say it out loud, I think um, mm -hmm. it's important because if you're, like you said, if you're just saying it to yourself, it's not going to help as much as like really just voicing it. The other thing too, that I think is really important about the industry mm -hmm. is and I think this is probably the same everywhere. I've, heard, I've learned a lot of it in business school too, but like specifically entertainment is so much of these connections. Like yes. saying it out loud means that somebody else might say it out loud to somebody else who might be able to help you, who knows somebody who knows somebody. And then like two years down the line, the person that's like six degrees from Kevin Bacon got you an assistant exactly. job with Kevin Bacon, you know, I know. <laughs> like, whatever it's it is. Such, I, I mean, it's a very small industry at the end of the day. Like, we all know each other, which is very scary. Um, you know, like we all kind of know what's going on with oh, yeah. like every studio and who works where and what we we're all... all in everyone's business. Yes, <laughs> we really are. And we always in good know, ways like, and bad though. It's like scary that we always seem to know like all the movies that are filming or like most of the big movies that are filming because mm -hmm. all our friends are working on all different ones. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's cool though. I think it can be very um, tricky and scary to make a jump to what you want to do. So I'm really proud of you, Rebecca, for you, Mary Kate. like constant. I feel like you're consistently working towards that, and it's yes. something to be really proud of. And yeah. I finally hope I'm doing the same. <laughs> I, and listen, my process has been not easy, and just because I jumped to being assistant, I'm not doing that right now. I'm trying to search for, you know, something that, you know, fits my life and needs even better now. So it's yeah. always a learning process. And Mary Kate, to that point, I'm also very proud of you. And I think you will get everything you want. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's not a straight line. And I think no. Charlene talks about that a little bit of how to like loop back on yourself and put it out in the world. So I think she's, she gives us some really good practical tips on how to um, make things happen for ourselves. So that's really cool. Yes. Should we jump into our conversation with her? I think that she is really, really helpful in this way. So I would love to. I think it's 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 a great conversation and I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, everyone. We have Charlene Light here with us today, who is a fearless life coach, yoga teacher, musician, and an overall inspiration. Hi, Charlene. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. How are I'm you? I'm I'm doing great, you know? Yeah. I've got the fans on, it's hot yeah. out, but <laughs> it is <laughs> trying um, to stay cool. Exactly. It's what, 91 in LA? Charlene's in LA on my on my coast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's 91 here. How about New York? It's super humid. It's just like very damp, sticky, hot. Mm. Yeah, it's hot, hot, hot. Charlene, we're so excited to have you here today. We were briefly talking about in the episode earlier a lot about, you know, telling the universe what you want and really speaking your truth to the world and kind of trying to manifest things that, you know, you really desire. Mm -hmm. And um, I really want to touch upon a lot of those things with you because I know it's your specialty. Um, <laughs> but before we get into that, I just wanted to kind of have you tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and your journey so far in this beautiful life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Um, well, I should... We can start a little bit with um, how we met. Yeah, in New York. We did meet um, in New York. For yeah, those, I don't I think know that. Yeah, yeah. The audience, I don't think knows, or maybe they do, that I did work one year in New York City. So I was on the East Coast working for a bit um, in New York, not just Boston. And yeah, Charlene and I met at Spike Television, which yeah. was my my first job out of college. Yeah. Um, well, I basically I moved to New York at 30. I'm originally from Los Angeles, so I'm from here, but I left at 30 to pursue my big dream of becoming a successful singer songwriter. I decided to 
you know, follow my dream at such a young age of 30. Um, <laughs> 30 is young? Don't say that. I'm 30 now. I'm like, I know, but at the time, <laughs> I know, but, but my point being is at the time it was considered like, you're, you're moving at 30 it's and you're going to quit your job yeah. at 30. And I you know, it to, was, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I moved to LA at 31. So, mm. and it was a big, I agree with you. People did kind of mm. judge for that and say like, yeah. wow, like, why did you wait so long? Yeah. Like, I on. started my getting my MBA last fall and at 30 and I'm one of the older people in my class. And I, like, I keep meeting these people who are like 25, 26 and they're like, you're 30. Right. Like, yes, right. It's, I have a lot left to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I'm 45 now. So your life doesn't stop just because of the age that you're at at all. Absolutely in fact, not. I've been, you know, we'll go into detail about all that. But basically, prior to me moving to New York City, I spent um, the majority of my life following a, an idea of what success should look like you know, what my parents viewed as success, what society told me was successful, get a good job, benefits, 401k plan. I worked my whole, all through college. I worked as, as a teenager in high school, even though I had this secret passion of wanting to be a singer. Mm -hmm. And, but I had all this fear around it. Like yep. I didn't yeah. want to go at it um, as a starving artist. I didn't want to be a statistic, you know, on behind the music where it was like just another artist working a waitressing job or bartending or anything like that. I wanted to do it quote unquote, the smart way. I wanted to have mm. a full-time job and then, you know, yeah. pursue it, but always have one foot out and one foot in the door, you know, so Touch. that, um, I mean, yeah. I liked nice things. I did not want to be poor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the term starving artist is legitimate. Like, yeah, and I just, yeah, so I, but I didn't realize so much of that was because I was afraid. I was right. afraid to go after the thing that I really wanted. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of what people were going to say. I was afraid of being another statistic who didn't make it. I was just so afraid. So I was playing it safe. And when I turned 30, I just had this moment of like, what am I, what am I doing with my life? So just so the audience knows, so you spent, uh, out of, you graduated college and you spent the first nine, 10 years out of college working a corporate job in LA, right? Correct. I worked all these music jobs. I worked at Sony Music. I worked oh, for Barry wow. Manilow's manager, wow. but all the time I was keeping my, my passion right. a secret. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't let it, I didn't let on because I, what I wanted to do in my head was befriend all of these big, you know, executives so that when I was ready, it'd be like, Hey, and by the way, yeah. here's my demo at the time, my little, you know, and pass out your demo. That's yeah. what a lot of people do. I mean, you were not like strange to do that, but like yeah. you're saying, so now let's talk about, so you woke up one day or, you know, this developed over time that you decided like, okay, no, like enough is enough. I have to. Yeah speak my truth. Right? I have to live my dream. Live, my, yeah. live your dream. Live what, your, did, yeah. what did that decision look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, when I, so I woke up one day to the idea of I'm going to be 30 and I right. feel like that's a big milestone birthday. Right. And I thought, what am I doing? I'm at this job that I blinked and it was five years at ABC family channel what scheduling happened? promos. Yeah. And I didn't like this job. And I, I didn't like the life that I was living. I was, I was, it wasn't enough to just do my passion on the side on the weekends and after work. I'm like, I just felt so like, I can't wake up every day looking at myself in the mirror anymore in this way. So it, it was a real strong disconnect in terms of the life I was living in versus like, I have this big passion, like fucking do something about yeah. it. Yeah. So I just one day was like, I'm going to go for it. And I quit the, the full-time job, moved to New York city, sold everything. I was like, yeah. no more safety. I'm just going for it because I really believe that's what it was going to take. Yeah. Right. I follow. That's yeah. Very gutsy. <laughs> A yeah. lot of people will never in their lifetime do what you did. Seriously. I know. They'll probably regret it. But totally. maybe, maybe if they're listening to us, we'll talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's, you know, what's interesting is like, it, it never felt 
I mean, initially making a decision, I guess, felt scary, but really all it felt to me was exciting. It was like, it wasn't even a choice. It was like, oh my God, what will it feel like to not have to go to a job that I hate every day? You know, what would it feel like to just be like, when people ask me a question, what do I do? I'd be like, I'm an artist. Like, this is what I do. Like, I wanted that. I I felt so empowering, you know? So I didn't um, necessarily feel all the fear. I felt more excitement. Um, So I showed up. And I worked, I was a cliche. I was just following cliches, working all the odd jobs. And then after a year and a half, just felt really, um, again, miserable. (laughs) Miserable because I realized I was following somebody else's view of what I should be doing, which is take all of these part-time jobs. doesn't matter. Just like get paid and then keep doing your music. But I felt like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what made me happy, which is that I need to feel like I'm living in purpose. I need to feel like I'm contributing to something in the world every day. I can't just be at a job that's just paying my rent. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I went back to a corporate job. That's how we met. And, yeah. um, and then I spent two years every day begging God to get me out. Like I was not happy. And, yeah. uh, and then through, a therapist who then led me to my first workshop and I really opened the door to the whole my spiritual journey which is understanding that we are co-creating our lives that mm-hmm. we are responsible our our thoughts and our words actually matter that the energy that we that we place on them actually grows so I spent a lot of my time in New York complaining about nobody's coming to my shows you know um, why can't I have this why don't I have the record day? deal yet? Why is this person doing well? I didn't realize that I was putting energy around that negativity. So I was getting more of it. Mm, So that's what was coming to me. So once I understood all of that, and I started to really work on changing, it's really an inside job, changing my thoughts and my beliefs and and creating um, real spiritual tools, I was able to leave that job and follow another passion, which is teaching yoga. And I never looked back. That's so amazing. That's now, great. when you when you were working at the corporate job and simultaneously trying to make it as a musician, mm-hmm. um, and when I say make it, I just mean, mm-hmm. you know, you wanted a record deal, right? And to yeah. um, make that your full time job at some point. Yeah. Um, and then when you when you discovered yoga and teaching yoga, were you still pursuing? Uh, music full-time at that time or did you decide to put it on the back burner yeah I never I never made an active choice to do any any of the other you know what I mean I wasn't like oh I'm just gonna teach yoga it was like let me just follow this other passion of mine and Mm -hmm. maybe somehow the both of them can like why do you have to be one thing yes absolutely and uh, and actually me singing I still sing in shavasana in my yoga classes. So I've combined my two passions. So it was never like one or the other. In fact, after I left the corporate job, I created a whole new album. And it's one of my, that's like my favorite, my best personal work um, of my career, of Uh my, me being an artist is after I quit that job. So. Right. Because you were able probably to, to create better music because you were at a better place mentally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I didn't have this big, huge thing in my life that didn't fit. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. So you started teaching yoga. You're still in New York. Yeah. And then um, I just really want you to tell everyone about what you did when you turned 40. Because <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm such a big fan of this. And I think, every, yes. although I haven't tried it yet, but um, yeah. I, so you, uh, now I'm telling your story. So <laughs> when, you, when you turned 40, you were still in New York, right? Yeah. So I had quit the Spike television job also. um, How old was I? 33, 34, something. I went through yoga teacher training. That's a whole other journey to try to make it as a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. and actually be a yoga teacher and pay your bills. Yeah. Especially in New York City, I'm sure. Especially in New York City. It's very competitive. competitive. Totally. But I was just, again, the excitement of like, oh, this is going to work. Like, I'm just going to make this work because I was mentally prepared. You know, I did all that internal work. Anyways, I um, was approaching 40 and I looked back and realized I have not taken a vacation for myself in the 10 years that I had lived in New York. Wow. Wow. Not once. I would spend whatever money I had flying back home to LA for friends and family or going to this person's wedding. Like it was always to fulfill somebody else's, you know, sort of obligation. I never 
took the time for myself. Number one, because I didn't have a ton of extra money, um, right. you know, vacations mm-hmm. or luxuries. And number two, I just woke up to that, like, and I had always wanted to go to Paris. Like I had this dream that I was going to go to Paris and it had been, you know, 37, 38, 39. I'm like, God damn it. I'm going to be 40. Like, when am I just going to freaking buy the ticket and go to yes. Paris for my birthday? <laughs> so I remember I charged the plane ticket and after I, I finally it. did it, I started to cry. And I realized in that moment, like, oh my God, what else am I holding back? Like, because of fear, because I was afraid to just do it, go by myself, put the money down, bet on myself, really. And that's when I had this idea, like, what if I was able to do this every day, like act on the things that I'm afraid of. And so I spent my 40th year doing 40 fearless acts and I documented it on my blog and then now I've turned it into a podcast and now I'm a fearless life coach. So I basically help you and we would determine the things that you're afraid of and we would create fearless acts around the things that you're afraid of. And also it's about inviting more joy into your life. Like, you know, a lot of my fearless acts were dance space. Like I yeah. danced in a burlesque show, you know, I sang That's on awesome. the subway. I, I posed nude, you know, in an yes. art class. I took a co-ed naked yoga class. <laughs> I, you know, you I kissed a stranger on the, oh, yes. I skipped on the street. Skipped. Like things are about being, like being spontaneous <laughs> and acting on your true voice, like what you want to do without talking yes. yourself out of it. Cause that's what really fear is about. It's like the fear of humiliation, the fear of looking stupid, but you're robbing yourself of living an, an enormously enthusiastic and like powerful and um, enlightened life. Yeah. Right. I so, loved in your first podcast, you were talking about singing in Paris mm. and how you hadn't done it towards the end of the trip. And you were like making all these excuses like, well, I'll do it next time. And like, I've done a lot of other things. And I so know that feeling of being like, justifying not doing something because like, oh, I don't really have to, like, yes. I'm accountable to exactly. me. No, you're accountable to you. Absolutely. We talk ourselves through. out of it. No, that's a perfect example of I was, that was, I went um, to Paris for my 40th. I was doing a fearless act every day. And on the very last day I walked in and realized I had not opened, I brought my guitar with me and I didn't even open up my guitar the whole trip. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. Like, again, it was enough to just have it there. You know, I'm justifying again, playing small, justifying. And then I was like, no, God damn it. That's what this whole fearless (laughs) business is about is like, do the thing you want to do. So I literally grabbed my guitar, walked downstairs and around the corner was a bar bustling with young people with live music, live musicians. I walk in and I didn't, again, I don't speak French, but I walked in so determined. I'm like, (laughs) and I looked at them and I looked at the bartender and I was like, I want to sing. I just like pointed and everybody was like, oh, and he's like, okay, make the way. Like it was hilarious. I just had this like mission of like, I'm going to freaking sing. And so I interrupt these two guys set (laughs) and I open up my guitar. And then the one guy who I'm friends still with on um, Facebook, um, we, I started playing my song and he's playing rhythm guitar or sorry, he's playing lead guitar on my song and I'm singing and I made this announcement. I told them about the fearless journey. I'm like, I've turned 40. And everybody's like, oh, you know, because they're probably <laughs> like in their 20s or 30s, you know, but it was just, I'll never forget that moment. I felt so alive. I felt like I just understood how small we actually live. Like we're living like in this like little space and we think that's all we're capable of but as soon as we push past it Mm -hmm. then what happens is like this adrenaline kind of rush comes over and then it's like oh what else can I do what else can I do and you just kind of keep feeding that your soul and like it was just one of the most magnificent magnificent experiences and I still to this day ask myself what can I do that would scare me that would spark more joy that would get me out of this funk you know yeah and yeah. I think to that point I really think it's interesting when you talk about um you know you're on you were during your 40 fearless acts you often were on these major highs but would find yourself waking up some mornings and feeling you were very low and yeah. did not feel inspired and can you speak to that a little bit because I think I 
I run into that too where I have like a weak streak where I'm so motivated and so happy and everything's going right and I'm just on this high and then I'll wake up the next one morning and I'm like I just don't want to do anything yeah mm-hmm. and I know you have something to say about that so can you explain yeah. that a little bit yeah absolutely I mean what happens when we step into fear first of all on the other side of our fear is what we want, right? So fear starts to get activated because our brains are wired to survive. Mm -hmm. So our, our, our fear is basically telling us, don't do this thing that you've done before. That's going to either cause humiliation or cause pain or cause suffering or whatever. Look at all these other times that you did that. And this is what it happened, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it keeps us small. Right. So when you actively step over that, all of a sudden you feel this adrenaline rush because you're literally expanding. You're actually becoming more of who you truly are. But what happens is, is this like pullback. So once that expansion kind of contracts, you actually illuminate all those other dark voices as well. Um, So all the shame, all the pain, all the suffering, all the old stories shows up even louder. Yep. Right. And then when you continually do it, which I was doing it every day, and I was sharing what I was doing. So there was an act, actual, like yeah. I was becoming vulnerable on social media in a way that I had never been before. All of that started to get illuminated, mm-hmm. you know? So that was a hard, that was a very challenging time to navigate. And I learned so much in the sense that we aren't our thoughts. We aren't our emotions, right? So when you can actually separate and observe what's going on versus let it take you over, you can move through it. Mm-hmm. It's just about making those those choices and go, right. okay, I see you. I see what's coming up. I see and allowing it, not shutting it down. Like if you have that moment where you're waking up and, and you're feeling like, I don't feel like um, moving. I don't feel like doing anything. Um, you want to be able to find a space to release some of that right? Mm -hmm. So yes, okay, like acknowledge it, honor it, but also maybe you can journal it out. Like what's behind that? What's actually coming Mm -hmm. up for you? We want to be able to move the energy through us. And then you keep doing that. You keep doing that. Eventually you won't have such a drastic drop. Right. You know what I mean? And you become really familiar with the patterning that shows up and then you can really change it. Because I remember you said, too, in one of your episodes um, that because some of the things that you were doing, even when you were 15 or 16 or 17 in, you were still really scared and like things would would bring you down, like the time that you wanted to sing at Planned Parenthood and that security guard just like totally effed with you and made you feel very small. Yeah. And it's just crazy because, you know, even though you're pushing through all these fears every day, you were still having to like push harder to like not let these other, you know, the noise. I feel noise. like that well, makes it valuable. Cause I think for me, like so many years of my career that is still only kind of just starting, but like, I didn't say what I wanted because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to say it out loud to people and then have myself not get it and then look some kind of way for not getting it. But if you do fail, if you get the opportunity to try something and it doesn't work out, like you grow from that. Like like eventually you pop back like an elastic band and you're okay, you're still you, you move on from it. So like the bad parts are just as valuable as the good outcomes. Absolutely, that's beautiful. And that's exactly what I was learning was that Um, we're actually not meant to be happy all the time. Mm. We're actually meant to feel a whole range, a whole spectrum of emotions. Mm -hmm. And those that don't allow themselves to feel the the deep, dark emotions also don't allow themselves to feel the the really high highs. They stay somewhere very small in between. Again, it's that idea of playing small. So we want to be able to get familiar with our low lows and our high highs because number one, you start to recognize oh, I've been here before and I know this is, it's just like this for now, but I'll get through this. So for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to cry my eyes out. I'm going to journal this out. I'm going to get to the heart of what's the story that I keep telling myself or the wound that's Mm -hmm. been hit. But I know tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be okay. 
You just get so familiar with that patterning. And like, for instance, that moment of walking into Planned Parenthood, which by the way, I didn't sing. I didn't want to sing. I wanted to do a meditation for the women who are- I'm so sorry. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, excuse me, I'm going to sing in front of Planned Parenthood. Sorry. Oh, you're getting your OBGYN. (laughs) Crazy lady singing in the background. Sorry, (laughs) meditation, meditation. That would be a little. (laughs) I'm glad you uh, brought that up. (laughs) That's hilarious. But I have to tell you what this a little bit is what the reason I had such fear around that is because I it was showing me the wound that it was hitting because I had walked into a very, very successful big time manager, music manager's office unannounced mm-hmm. and, and basically told him I'm, I'm not, he wanted me to be his receptionist. He wanted to hire me. I said, I didn't move here to be a receptionist. I came here to be an artist and I want you to help me. So that was like a pivotal moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've never experienced that much fear in my life, like head to toe buzzing. I wanted to pee in my pants. I wanted to oh. throw up. I mean the whole thing, but yeah. I did it. And when I walked out, it was like this enormous, like I was flying high. Like I felt like the angels were all high-fiving me out of the sky, you know? Like it felt like I was truly stepping into like new territory. But the outcome of that was that he didn't end up, nothing ended up happening with that particular manager. Mm -hmm. So here I am about to walk in unannounced to Planned Parenthood to do this similar idea, which is I'm just following my heart. I felt this urge to walk in because I know what it was like to be nervous to get a mammogram for the first time mm-hmm. as a 40 year old woman. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like in that waiting room. I know how hectic it is. And, and, and I'm like, what can I do? I can actually offer a meditation to help soothe people's um, nerves. And so yeah. it was pure heartfelt attention. And when I walked in, but here's the thing, fear takes over your body. And even though your mind is rationally going, oh, this is a good idea, your body stores those wounds, Mm -hmm. those unprocessed wounds, the pain and the shame, all of it. So I walk in and my body is shaking. It's in my voice. I am petrified. Like I'm literally, like it's life or death. And when I go up to that security guard to even ask, like he can tell I must have looked and sounded like a crazy woman. Like I want to do this meditation. And so his response was like, do you have an appointment? And I was like, uh, no, he's like, um, you're going to have to leave. And of course I took it so devastating, but it's only because of the story I was bringing. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It was opening up that wound yes. of how yeah. scary it was to go into that manager and how I felt rejected. And here I am being rejected That's again. So interesting. I've seen that come to light a lot in like my romantic relationships where stuff that happened when I was 15 and rejections that happened then I'm like impressing them upon my boyfriend now. And it's yes. like, wait a minute, you didn't do that. That was, that was somebody else. And yeah. like, being able to distinguish between those things is very challenging because your brain, like you said, it's like fight or flight. It's like, okay, I'm scared and I'm nervous about this thing. Or I, you know, know that in the past this has had this happen. So like, this is my pattern that I'm expecting to happen. And so I'm scared. Yeah. 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 And Charlene, can you talk about like, I love in some of your podcast episodes when you talk about that ego voice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's the can you talk about that because I feel like so much like it just resonated with me as far as my career and things that that I wanted to do and just knowing that there's always a voice that can be stopping you um right can you talk about that a little? yeah well our ego is is basically wanting to every our ego is basically our fear it wants to stop us from doing everything that is risky that is in any way going to be going towards a new direction right so anytime really anytime you want to do anything other than the safe route your ego is going to be triggered mm-hmm. so for instance And this is what I thought was really fascinating when I did the fearless acts every day. I got really familiar with what voices and what my ego was telling me every time I approached a fearless act. And my number one response or the voice that was in my head was like, this is a stupid idea. 
why are you doing this? This is stupid. Like this is, this is another stupid idea. Like forget about it. Every single time from trying to introduce myself to my neighbors to getting up in front of, um, you know, on the subway and singing or, or, you know, this is pathetic or you're going to look stupid. It was, it was those kinds of voices. Mm -hmm. So again, anytime you have an instinct, your true voice, first of all, your true voice, one distinction you can understand is your true voice will never yell at you. It will always be loving and it will always be nurturing. Mm -hmm. Your true voice is not the loudest voice in your head. It's the softest usually. That's why meditation is so important. When you start to meditate and when you start to have a meditation practice, you get really familiar with what, what your true voice is actually saying versus your ego. I was going to say that the ego voice is absolutely the loudest voice because I feel like it's so common every day for people to just be like, I'm scared or that's stupid or everyone's going to judge me. I mean, that's a big one too. Like just worrying about what people think all the time. And Mary Kate, to your point about your career, and I still deal with it to this day of my big thing that I need to get over is like associating my age with how much I've accomplished in my film career Mm. and it makes me crazy and I'm trying so hard to let it go because in film I mean people are of all different ages you could have a 25 year old producer you could have a 45 year old production assistant I mean it's all over the map Mm -hmm. yeah but you know Hollywood reporter or variety one of those magazines puts out like the 35 um it's like 35 under 30 and just things like that, that like get in your face when you work in the film industry yep. or the entertainment industry. And you're like, Oh, all 35 people under 35 years old are already executives and producers and this and that. And then it starts this whole cycle of like, what have I done? And that ego voice comes up for me and yeah. it's like, Rebecca, you're old. Like what, what have you right. accomplished? You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> even though like I've accomplished a lot, but there's always someone that's going to be doing more yeah. or something yeah. different. So I definitely feel like I struggle with that a lot. You know, what's in, what's really helpful is to actively find evidence. So we want to teach our subconscious because really our subconscious mind, the mind that pretty much is what takes over and like you were talking about with that relationship that stores every single hurt, every single story, every single memory Mm -hmm. of our entire life, Mm -hmm. right? And it's running in the background of our mind nonstop. And 90% of our actions and our lives are created from that subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So, and we were talking a little bit about manifestation and how to manifest. We have to change that looping. So one of the ways that you can do it, aside from, you know, a meditation practice and things like that, is to show your, your subconscious mind evidence of all the things that you've accomplished, that you're proud of. And to, for 21 days, every morning, write them down, every single morning, so that you start building this internal muscle that it keeps rotating in the back of your mind so that it's going to now replace because it takes 21 days to replace that looping to replace that looping so that you can start now seeing your whole life will be different. You won't feel as triggered every time something like comes up. I do Um, feel very triggered by that article that comes out every year about the 35 under 30 Hollywood people. It's like, I don't, and it makes me so insecure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. So, I'm, I'm such like, I feel like I'm such a practical person. I'm like, what are the things that I can actually do? So like you've mentioned meditation, you're talking about writing things down for 21 days. I feel like I don't, is it a different thing every, every day on the 21 days or am I writing so I would, a list again? Yeah. Again? So you would write down for you, Rebecca, all the things you're proud of that mm-hmm. you've accomplished and it could be, I'm a dog mom. I have my own apartment. I'm in a loving relationship. It doesn't have to be created. It's all the same. There's no categories as far as the universe is concerned. Things that you're True. proud of I like that. where you are. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 21 days. It could be different. It could be the same. It's just stream of flow of consciousness. Right. Get used to creating this loop where it keeps showing up. 
Yeah. And then eventually it'll start to get to your subconscious and you create this new thought pattern so that you're less triggered and you just keep doing that. And for me, meditation is so important um, because it's the time where you're able to become the observer of what's going on in the mind. Mm -hmm. So when you start to observe all the stories and all the things that are happening in your mind, you can really discern, oh, and then you can get really clever. I mean, I ask questions before I meditate, you know, like, please show me why I'm triggered by this conversation I just had. And you ask for that. You always have to ask, right? If we're co-creating, you ask for it. And then you trust that whatever shows up for you is the answer. So what happens is a lot of times people don't trust what they see or they don't trust that inner voice that they hear. Right. And so oftentimes the answer, they never get it. They spend so much time in the problem and the complaining. It's like the universe, like you're, you're shaking the tree, getting, trying to get an apple and the universe throwing you oranges. <laughs> like you're not even looking, you're not even yeah. paying yeah. attention. You're so focused. So it's like, we have to really be open. There's a beautiful dance going on between what we want and what we ask for and what we allow to come through us. That's that beautiful. Sense? Yeah. I think I feel like so I'm sure this is a lot of the stuff that you talk about when you do your when you um life coach, right? Like yes, a lot yes. of the things you go over with people. Um that is incredible. And I wanted to one more uh topic that I just wanted to talk about quickly with you because I'm very fascinated by it and you talked about it in one of your episodes is the law of attraction Mm -hmm. and I know there was an episode where you well I'll let you tell it but where you had met someone at a bar that you had just previously had a conversation about yes so this is what's really fascinating the well okay so the law of attraction is one thing if you understand if you, any of the audience that's listening understands, um, they should Google Abraham Hicks, okay. which um, they basically were left out of the whole law of attraction um, conversation because the, the law of attraction is just basically like, think of something and it shows up. Right. But Abraham Hicks and what their work does, um, they talk about the art of allowing. We, like I was just describing to you how we sit there and we shake the tree going, why isn't this happening? And the universe is like tapping on our shoulder and showing us all these different ways of the things that we want, but it's not, we're not even facing the direction that the universe is trying to get our attention, Mm -hmm. right? So for instance, if you have a desire, like I want to be a famous singer, but what's looping in my subconscious mind is I'm not good enough. That's what we would call as resisting, resistance, having resistance to the thing that we want, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. Like I want this thing because you think this thing is going to fill you up with worthiness, but yet I'm looping in the back of my mind that I'm not worthy. Right. So Mm -hmm. part of my journey is to keep going in the direction of my dream so that I can work through the unworthiness and get to a place where I feel worthy of having that thing that I truly desire. Right. Mm -hmm. So for instance, in that episode, what I was referring to is I was getting so good at, at basically unblocking because that's what fear is. Fear blocks all the parts of us that are wounded and, and, and pain and all these things. Right. So I'm stepping into fear, unblocking, uncovering shame. I show up at this place because I was looking for an apartment. The guy talking to me starts to describe this guy's his old roommate who happened to be a musician and he was right, moving right. to Nashville. And, did right. it. and in my mind, he just spent a long time talking about this guy. And I thought, universe, am I supposed to meet this person? Like, why is this guy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, why I'm is single. Still like, about him? Why is this talking about? But I, I had the question and I want to make that important distinction. Okay. I actually asked universe, why is this person keep talking about it? Right? So hmm. I had that question. I leave. I just kind of let it go. Again, no resistance because I'm just like, I don't know what the hell that was about, but okay. And I yeah. show up, I show up in the I show up in Chelsea. I go up to a Mexican place. I sit up at the bar. There's a cute bartender. We start chatting. I'm eating tortilla chips and salsa, you know, having my day. And I start talking to this guy next to me and talking to the bartender. 
Turns out he's a musician. Turns out, yeah, he was going to be moving to Nashville, but it didn't quite work out. Turn, and I'm like, really? And I, it started to click. Like, this is sounding like the guy the other that he was talking about. And he's like, yeah. And um, I just moved out of this apartment in Astoria. And I was like, oh my God, I just saw your old apartment. Your That's old roommate crazy. was just talking about you. That blew I mean, my mind. I was like, she did not. Just That's wild. Especially <laughs> so- like Astoria to Chelsea. Like, that's not. That's that's a hike. <laughs> I know exactly. Like, that's what? wild. And that was happening. All that was happening so much. I ha- I went to see another apartment, and this girl was showing me around. And I remember it was like too much money, but I was I sat down with her, and in my mind, again, I had this thought: I wish it was cheaper. And then she says to me right after that thought, "Oh, and by the way, it's three hundred dollars cheaper because we have another roommate." And I was like, it just was happening. Wow. So yeah. when we are clear when we have that space of no resistance, meaning there's nothing to the desire. It's very neutral, right? I want, I want this to be cheaper, but I don't, it was like a passing thought. There wasn't any kind of weight around it. There was no resistance mm-hmm. when we allow. And because I was doing all that and blocking, it just came right through. And that's, that's Incredible. what manifest, that's what manifestation is right. really about. Right. I'm curious oh what, your recommendations for like feeling very out of control like we're all in quarantine it's changed people's plans we all like there's so much that is out of our hands right now and it almost feels like based on what you were saying it could be a good thing because we have to just like let the universe play out the way it's playing out but like what advice would you have for somebody like trying to like struggling makes, with this right now yeah, and make, yeah. Se- and make sense of like how would you tell someone how to make sense of what the universe is giving us right now yeah. which is like this time of pause mm-hmm. this is a wonderful time and a beautiful time if we allow it to be right so ask yourself the life that i had before quarantine what about it didn't feel right right what about it was I wishing and hoping for a change? Such a good point. I have this huge opportunity right now, freedom, time mm-hmm. to work on myself, my stuff. Maybe you're somebody like notice some patterns. Like if you're somebody that feels really stuck, like start to pay attention to like the patterns that keep showing up. Are you in a relationship that feels that feels like, oh, this just feels like a dead end. And yet these all my relationships feel like a dead end you know, or you're at a job that feels like I really was ready to let go of this job. And then this happened. Oh my God, what's next for me? This is an opportunity for me to start researching. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful time because we're all in this, you know what I mean? It's not like just you, you know? So it's like, it's really important to self-reflect ask yourself those questions. Like I'm getting a start over, I'm getting a do over, I'm getting an opportunity to like actually figure out what it is I really want right like that's huge it's you know and so some practical things would be you know what are you drawn to that's going to help you on a mental lane like if you're interested in doing yoga start if you're interested if you have a spiritual curiosity about these concepts that I'm talking about pick up a book start to really like play a little bit you know, what, what's exciting to me? What's something new that I can dive into? And I'm telling you, but you have to, this is the other point. You have to ask for it. You have to give it up, right? Part of being a co-creator is I can't control what's happening, but I can ask for what I want in a way that's going to, and then trust what comes, right? Me asking for the things that I want has led me down this path, you know? Um, And then really trusting what shows up. So if somebody starts talking about, you know, a workshop or a class, like, oh, that's interesting. And I was just thinking I was interested in manifestation. What is that? Let me find more information about yeah. that. You know, most people right now are really um, understanding financially. So you can do a workshop for not a lot of money. You know, a lot of it is pay what you can. I'm offering pay what you can yoga classes. Right. Um, so really, what's the excuse? Well, I have to say, um, to that point, and just so the audience knows that, like, 
what you say really does help is um, I was so I'm always so inspired by you and I really did use this time to start this podcast. Yeah, something that Charlene, you and I had discussed when we went for a walk around the Silver Lake Reservoir a couple months ago before quarantine even hit. But you were like, what is stopping you? Like, just I remember you said to me, like, just do it. Like, what are you doing, Rebecca? Like, just do the podcast. I don't know why we're still talking about it. (laughs) And I was like, she's so right. And then when, you know, I kind of like to your point, I asked myself, like, how can I use this time to better myself and to to really go after true passion? And this is something I've wanted to do for, God, years and years and years. And um, and I did it. And I feel so fulfilled. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that it's like, let the universe bring it to you and then you get the opportunity to follow through with it. Exactly. Yes, I love the way you put that. Exactly. You get the opportunity to essentially say yes and trust it. I feel like we're making it sound so easy right now, but I guess, Charlene, I'm sure you've experienced by life coaching, like, it's not easy to bring yourself to that point of actually motivating yourself to really go after something like that's very hard. Yeah. But you, you start to work the muscle. Like I've worked the muscle. Um, again, I, I started at 30. Mm -hmm. So if I started at 30 and I'm 45 and I'm still going, I mean, I spent this quarantine. I've, I've now built a whole, I've got a coaching program that I'm about to launch um, on how to find, yeah, how to find and follow your own true voice. It's going to be a six week coaching program. Um, Will it be virtual? Virtual. Yeah. Well, how else going to (laughs) be? I know. I was, (laughs) well, I was like, I don't know, maybe you could social distance it somehow. (laughs) No, but what's beautiful is it's giving me, listen, I now can teach yoga to my students from New York. I mean, I'm, I know, that I is am awesome. so grateful yeah. to have this open, this huge portal of mm-hmm. now I can turn my business completely virtually, which is what I really wanted. Cause I want to travel. I want to be, yes. I don't want to be bound to like going to a studio or going, you know, like to get my money. Like I want to be able to. And speaking of traveling, you do a yoga retreat. Yes. Right? Yes. In fact, we were supposed to go to the South of France in May. And um, so now it's postponed to next um, summer, God willing, you know. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things. And that was another beautiful moment because I was like, you know, what else do I want? Like, I want to get the house. Like once I I went to Paris when I turned 40, I promised myself I would never wait another 10 years to take a trip, that I was going to build a career out of traveling. And then I, that's when I decided to do my first yoga retreat and I sold out to Guatemala and then I went to Peru and then I mean it just has not stopped because I'm I need change so again it's like follow your bliss follow the thing that you love and I promise you people will follow your enthusiasm people will be as excited and want to pay you for it you know to join you I mean it's so incredible that you've been able to make your passions um and dreams a way to also make money. I mean, I guess yeah. that's the true goal at the end of the yeah. day. If you can make work your passion. Yeah. Um, so we all have to start, we all have to start following Charlene's uh, words of advice. Yeah. And we have to follow her on social media. We'll plug all yes. your stuff. So when you have your six weeks thing, our listeners have a chance to um, go check it out. To sign I up, know. definitely. And, and we'll put in the description of the episode, um, you know, all of your podcast, which is called The Fearless Lady, right? Yes, The Fearless Lady. Everyone check that out. I'm telling you, it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's so, it's, it's so inspirational and it's also funny and <laughs> it's just, it's the best. You, you feel like you're sitting with your friend when you're listening to it. Oh, I love it's that. Great. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here with us, Charlene. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to follow along your journey with this podcast and all the wonderful things that uh, you guys are both going to be doing. And thank you for having me. It was lovely. Oh my God. I want to have you again and again. I could talk to you all day, every day. (laughs) This was awesome. Yes, I I loved it. Everybody check out Charlene and her podcast and we'll link you to all the amazing things that she does. And hey, you could hire her as a life coach too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> take her on yoga your classes. Own fearless journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and take take my yoga classes. classes. All right. Thank you, Charlene. Right, You're welcome, guys. Take care. 
always, thank you so much for tuning in and checking out How Are We Not Invited? As you know, we have an email address, which is we are not invited podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We are not invited podcast at gmail.com. So please send us a note and let us know what you thought. And if you have anything you would like us to elaborate on or talk about, as we've said, send it over because we'll talk about it. Absolutely. And feel free to check us out on Instagram at Not Invited Podcast. We are so in love with our followers over there and I am always on. And so I'm going to like your pictures if you follow us. I'm going to do it. So follow us, check us out. You'll get some like spicy little clips going on of what we've been talking about. So we would love to hear from you. Yes, please, everybody. And um, stay tuned. We have some more very exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks and I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Bye guys. Bye. But seriously guys. Seriously guys. But seriously guys. How, how are, are we, we not, not invited? invited?